Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Good evening. Good afternoon. And welcome to April. My God, we are nearly a quarter of the way through the year. That is absolutely insane. So for this podcast episode, there is no Rob. Nope. There are no co-hosts whatsoever. Or are there? Now, as many of you who have subscribed to this podcast for however many months, weeks, years, or who knows, a decade possibly. Some of you might have been listening for as long as I've been recording them. Uh, I do like to do, although I don't do as many of them as I should do, I do like to do guest podcasts where I just sort of, you know, manage to, to nail down a filmmaker to talk about their film, their career, or stuff in general for uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, sometimes even longer. Now, it's part of the wonderful Grimfest Easter Festival that is coming up in mid-April here in the UK. Uh, they are running a virtual and an in-person festival, so you can sort of choose which one you wish to do. Uh, it's press week for Grimfest, and I love press week for Grimfest because it means they send me lots of introduction emails to filmmakers. They send me a big long list of screeners so I can watch the films in advance because it kind of helps before you actually speak to a filmmaker if you've seen the movie. So you know at least a little bit what the hell you're talking about. Now, I haven't done one of these sort of Q&A conversation interview type things for months. I think the last one I did was probably October last year, maybe even earlier than that. It might be like July or something uh, with the documentary filmmaker Stacey Souther, whose film Valerie is coming out on disc at some point in May. I believe, but more about that in a future podcast. So I was a little bit nervous about picking up the microphone and speaking to an actual filmmaker again. Uh, to be fair, they always make me a little bit nervous. It's not the person themselves that make me a little bit nervous. It's the fact that I'm speaking to a filmmaker and it's also on video. Still not really a fan of the video podcast conversation because you are not only concentrating on the conversation that you're having, but you are also monitoring the technology to make sure it works. And if it doesn't work, you've got to fix it very quickly. You're also conscious of the amount of time that you've got with the filmmakers. Generally, I keep them around half an hour, no longer than 40 minutes, unless there's more than one person, in which case, you know, all the rules go right out the window. Uh, and then obviously you've got to put up with seeing your own face on a video screen, which I am not a fan of whatsoever. So there's all those different things to cope with whereas with an audio one you sit at your desk you don't even have to comb your hair you just have a conversation and then edit it afterwards just like I'm doing now but uh, the conversation I had with uh, Dan Slater went very very well he is the director and co-writer of, uh, of the film The Family which is this wonderfully creepy film set on a, a very cold looking farm with a bunch of children and to, to sort of say overbearing parents is a little bit of an underestimate. Uh, and so we are taken into the world of the family. And uh, I'm not going to tell you any more than that, because otherwise, what's the point in you watching a film? I will say the film is very, very good. 
and uh, anybody attending Grimfest, be it virtually, be it in physical, go watch it, go see it, click on your screen, watch it. Make sure you put headphones on and make sure you watch it in a really dark room because it's very atmospheric and very, very good. So I sat down virtually with Dan Slater. Um, you don't have to have seen the film to enjoy our conversation. I'm not a huge fan of these interviews where you sort of need to have seen the film. It's great if you have seen the film because you get to learn a little bit more about it. But if you haven't seen the film, you, you feel like you're on the outside of the goldfish bowl. So, um, so I tend to chat about how they made the film, how they got to the point of making the film, maybe sharing a couple of anecdotes about the most difficult film, the most difficult thing about the film to, to, to do. Uh, and just stuff like that. So, you know, you don't need to have a PhD on the family to enjoy this half hour conversation with me and Dan Slater. There will be another couple of interview podcasts that will be going up later this week as part of the Grimfest. Uh, enjoy them. And uh, I've given Rob the week off so he can just be doing whatever he wants to be doing, working on websites or all sorts. Uh, huge thanks to the Grimfest team for you know reaching out to me once again and letting me do these really, really cool things. I'm sitting recording this intro an hour and nine minutes before I start my miserable night job. So, you know, this to me is a highlight of the day, right before my night goes down the plug hole. So enjoy and, um, and hope you have a good evening. Take care. Bye-bye. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amanu, the writer-director of Deviation. Hi, I'm Brando Benetton, director of Knife Fire. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is James Cullen Brussack, the writer, director, and producer. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stewart, page the screen, dot com up in my blog page. Get up to my motorcycle running and tracking up with my fucking snake, Jamie's, with Dom, eating pizza, and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The From Page to Screen. Hello. Hi, Dan. How are you today? It's this morning for you, isn't it? I'm guessing it's this afternoon for me, just to make things very confusing. Yeah, it's 11 here, and I thought it was a four-hour difference, because I think it was a month ago, and then we switched or something, so yeah, I'm always, like, a little off. For these <laughs> that, that, that's why i sent you i think i sent you the email before three o'clock i'm like right now dan's either going to send me one back going i'm there where are you or i'll see you in 10 minutes or yeah yeah i was like uh, oh cool it's in an hour and not two hours perfect yeah. we we not changed right. we changed our clocks an hour forward last week right yeah so that's yeah because it's it's different hopefully that just goes away <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we keep saying that even since I was a kid, which was, you know, a couple of decades ago, they've always said, oh, we should get rid of it and no sign of it getting rid of. So I think it might be here to stay. Don't know why, but, you know, it is yeah. a thing. For so, the farmers. It's it is, farmers. but, you know, why can't they just change the clocks? I don't know. 
Yeah, they get they get up when the the sun comes up anyway. So yeah, I don't think it matters to them. So talking about farming, which was just like the best segue ever, I might add. <laughs> and you have written and directed the family. Which yeah, co- co-written with uh, co-written. Adam Booth, my producer. Yep, I finished watching that this morning. That was my nice sort of... Uh, it, it's not a popcorn movie, that one, is it? It's very quickly, it tells you, no, you can eat popcorn if you want, but this is not going to be a uh, a laugh-out-loud movie, shall we say. No, I, I would say it's not the best morning movie, to be honest. Like oh, I think it's a end-of-the-day, lights-out kind of movie, so... <laughs> You know, hopefully it didn't like ruin your day. No, at all. It's actually it's made my day. You are the first person I've spoken. No, you're not the first person I've spoke to in like two years or a year. But I used to do these sort of conversations very, very often before Mother Nature flipped the world on its head a couple of years ago. Uh, right. So that you're the first person I've spoke to in about six months. So if I'm a little bit ropey, please do forgive me. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm honored. I think that's great. But it, it was a good morning film to watch because I did watch it in the dark. Um, you know, nice big screen, 55-inch TV awesome. screen. I connected it up and, and watched it. it there. Sound booming out. But uh, that is a gorgeous-looking film, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're really proud of it, and it's awesome that we're actually getting to show it to people because we did a little bit of that last year, but this is, I think, our festival circuit's really starting to kick in. And, yeah, it's always exciting for people to, to watch your movie. So what's the feedback been been like so far? And are you nervous at all when somebody like me, well, not necessarily me, because who am I, but, you know, I'm going to talk about your film. Or have you got used to the fact that you know it's a damn good film and people are going to like it? You know, I'll say this. So, like, when we first started, like, the first main thing we ever did was this uh, competition to win a million dollars to make a movie. And it was an online competition and people had to vote. And people were so insanely cruel in the comments on this that I don't think I can be hurt anymore. So honestly, like I don't get too super nervous anymore, but also the feedback on the family has been unbelievable by far out of any movie I've ever made. It's, it's, you know, it just seems to really like gain traction and people have been really, you know, kind to it and uh, saying the nicest things. And we're doing a lot of these, you know, horror festivals, which has been so fun. Cause like a horror uh, audience is a really great audience and they're super engaged. So we did uh, Blood in the Snow in Canada as our Canadian premiere and people were cheering when people died and that sort of thing. And that was my first experience of that. And I, I just, I loved it. It was just so rewarding. So it's been, it's been really great. So with Grimfest, I've been covering those festivals probably about four or five years now, I think. And I've seen a lot of, of the Grimfest films that they choose and I've probably done maybe 25, 30 of these type of conversations for Grimfest to this day. So whoever's picking the films at Grimfest, they've they've synced well with me because one of my nervous things is that I watch a film, I have an interview set up with the filmmaker, and I don't like the movie. It's like, sure. how, how do it's easy when you're writing a review on a website, you go, oh, I wasn't really a fan, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. to, the, to this day, Grimfest have nailed it with every single film they choose. So if Grimfest are watching this, keep doing what you're doing because it's working. Their selection of the the films that they choose is just 100%. And that obviously includes the family. Yeah, you can really tell that, like, just kind of, like, back and forth with them. And first of all, they've been the 
best so far. They're just like really filmmaker friendly and just really the communication's awesome. And yeah, you look at the movies that are playing and I, I want to see all of them. I wish I could. I don't think I'm going to be able to see any because I'm here in Canada. But um, yeah, the quality looks awesome. I've watched a lot of the trailers and they're really exciting. Uh, all cinematography across the board is amazing. Production design's amazing. Actually, one of them we've actually done a festival with as well. Um, so yeah, it's just cool to see, um, you know, like obviously it's really well curated, so it's really awesome to see. So when was the family shot? When did you, when did you film it all? So we filmed in September, October of 2020, um, which was right in the midst of the second wave here in Canada, uh, of COVID. So we were a COVID movie. We were very locked down throughout it and we were very worried bringing it shut down the entire time. Um, and it was super cool. So that was our filming experience. Because I remember, you know, when the pandemic kicked off and then you know, obviously the whole world got affected, but movie people like you and film fans like me are like, oh no, how's this going to affect the movie business, the world? This is terrible. Our films are going to get affected. And people were saying, what you're going to get is a lot of lockdown films coming out at the end. And I remember a lot of people being worried about that, going, great, we're going to get lots of films where somebody's in an elevator, two people are in a room. Oh, what sort of films are we going to see? But the sort of films I think we're seeing so far, which is why I asked when The Family was shot, are so clever. And you wouldn't really think of them as a lockdown film you know it's not two people in a room or three people stuck in a bar and keeping socially distanced from each other i think because obviously you and adam have you did you write this before we did we wrote it a couple years ago um for another company and then you know these things go it didn't get picked up and then it did it was you know uh, we were in talks with another company to make a movie and then the pandemic hit and we were in discussion and they said, do you have any single location kind of horror movies, something that we could make in these kind of COVID restrictions? And it did work. We ended up rewriting it a lot. And honestly, during that first lockdown, you know, me and Adam were just, we didn't have jobs at that point. So every day we were just working on this movie. So that actually really helped us just be able to focus on the one thing. So it, it was a, a pandemic movie in the way that we did kind of you know, we're outside a lot. We're in one location. We basically just built ourselves a back lot in like the middle of nowhere in Ontario. So we were good that way. But I, I remember having the conversations at some point, someone said like people might not be able to be within six feet of each other in pre-production. And I was like, you can't make a movie like that. Like, what was that? Is that going to look like, you know, like people are going to have to touch it in this movie. So, you know, right up until we shot, we just didn't know. Like it, there's so many variables um, of just like, you know, what was going to be our, like, what was going to be our, what could we accomplish, like, with these restrictions in place? So I think we did an okay job considering. And obviously you you did have people within proximity or is a lot of that very clever camera work. How, how What was it like shooting a film during the COVID restrictions? Yeah, so I think it would have been worse if we did it earlier, you know, um, again, because we're outside, you know, we we had tested going into it. We were really bubbled. So cast was able to be near each other. Obviously, all crew was masked. You know, if we were in a room together, I was masked and shielded. Uh, you can ask my DP about how it's how it is to light a movie while also having glass in front of your face the whole time. 
that was hard. Um, so, you know, it was fine. Like the, the cast would come in and they would do their thing and they'd get whisked away. I'd say the, the biggest downside to it, and we've managed to remedy this, but I didn't really get to know the cast as well as I normally would because like we just couldn't be that close. And since then, I've gotten to speak with them and like hang out a little bit and they're all the best. But that was it, there was this kind of barrier to us, you know, like we were like protect cast at all costs. And, you know, the crew was great because they were just, like, so mindful of it the entire time. And we had space. And we had a small crew. So, like, we were, you know, able to, you know, get through the whole thing without any COVID cases. And, you know, but it was on our mind. Adam, more than anybody, being a producer, he was, you know, he did a really good job just making sure everybody felt comfortable the whole time. So you've got you've got a cast of six. How big was the crew on top of the, the cast? Um, I think the crew on a good day was about 40. Um and then it was coming down a little bit, um, you know, it, yeah, all in all, everybody like who's touched this movie, it's probably closer to like 50 or 60 people and post and that sort of thing. And yeah, cast of six, um, six, right? Not seven. I think, yeah, I think it was six. I, I counted them up on IMDb. So if yeah, there's yeah, seven, yeah. you've forgotten somebody. So you need to go check and add them. Okay, uh, I think it was six. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe you're counting chickens. I don't know. But then it would put it above six. The chickens were good. The you chickens can't say were they good. weren't. You need yeah, the chickens. So. You need the chickens in the film. God, I just I didn't realize that, like, because I've never really been around chickens. But chickens are just kind of like puppies. Like they're kind of dogs. They're kind of cute, and they like they have little personalities. Um, I've had to, like a lot of like I've had to really manage my whole like you know eating meat versus vegetarianism after meeting those chickens. So yeah, I don't know. It did change me a little bit. It did. So you got full vegetarian now, or are you just like. I no, I just try not to think about it too much. Yeah. Skip, skip one chicken a week. And, yeah, uh, it's a start. Smart, every little bit will help. Every bit helps, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so let's talk about your cast because you've got a phenomenal cast there. I don't want to name them all because that's just very easy. But I, I love them all. I think uh, Jenna and Benjamin, wasn't it? They are my standouts. I think not to say anybody else wasn't absolutely wonderful as well, but they to me were like, you know. Yeah. And those two specifically, like when we casted them, like they were the ones that we really ended up kind of tailoring the roles to, because I would say that Abigail originally, she was a lot more passive, you know, and then Jenna just gave us this audition with one of the scenes that was written, but it was so fiery. And I just thought like, no one's going to hold this girl down. This She's going to, even with all her beliefs, she is going to find a way to persevere. So that whole arc with her was written after she was cast because we just thought, you know, like this girl's so badass, she has to, she has to get through. And then same with Ben, like he just brought this kind of like charming quietness and this kind of loyalty. You know, I think he was a lot more angsty in the original script, but like with Ben, he just, he brought, you could understand like how hard this was on him, but he cared for his siblings so much that, you know, he could just, he could take so much. So I honestly think his character got even harder to play because we just knew Ben could do it. But I, I agree. Everybody was so good and they just brought such like their own flair to it. And we're lucky to have them obviously. Because I noticed very early on the character of Abigail, you could see her sometimes in the background watching what was going on. You like, you're way smarter than your character has been at this moment in time. And I'm sure you're going to elevate into, and sure enough, she did. But, uh, but the cast is just perfect. Very scary mother and father, I might add. Mm-hmm. Very, like- very scary. 
in the exact opposite of who they are in real life. Both of them are like very, you know, Tony, super maternal. Like I felt like she was my mom on set. She gave me the most advice while directing. She was the one that was like, did you think of this? And I was like, honestly, Tony, I didn't. Thank you for that. And then honestly, like just, um, you know, they were just, they were just so joyful on set and so funny. And like Nigel, honestly, was just doing TikTok dances with the other <laughs> ones like, the whole time. And then he would just turn it on. He'd just be this terrifying, but kind of charismatic, you know, villain. So it is cool to see. Like, I- I've never really been around someone with so much experience as Nigel does. And like, you can see it. He has so much theater experience. He does Stratford plays, which is like a big, like Shakespearean kind of town here in Canada. And uh, yeah, he is you know, he could just, in a drop of a hat, just go into full father mode, and it was very cool to see. He does have a very theatrical voice. I was thinking, you know, Malcolm McDowell-type voice, I think, in his character. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like, we went through a lot of people just trying to figure out who father was going to be, and it, it just, it changes the, you know, indie filmmaking, you know, like, you need to... You need to find the people that you have. And I think like the worst thing you can do is have this idea in your head and be like kind of, you know, obtuse about it because you're working with like only, you know, it's so little time, so little money. You just have to make it happen. So we figure find the best actors possible, tailor it to them, see what they can do with it. And that was kind of our philosophy. And I think it's worked out really well, isn't it? I think so. (laughs) We are here. So you you mentioned the the feedback's all been really good. Is there a specific type of feedback that you've been getting is there a certain aspect of the film that they're zoning in on that they liked so much we obviously not going into any spoilers so yeah i think like the thing that we there's three things that we get the most comment on for maybe four so acting obviously people like love i think people love the world that we built so production design mercedes coil she built all that that house didn't exist really before she got there it was it had to be gutted it needed all drywall it was disgusting and then we rediscussed it and then uh with adam Mazdrick, who's just like you know a boy wonder of a cinematographer and we just got nominated for a CSC here in Canada for cinematography, which is super exciting. So the two of them, you know, working together and the three of us actually lived in a trailer together for the entirety of the production. So we were just like this, like, you know, kind of like, like we just felt like one group was a little group and we were just like tackling everything. And it was just so awesome to have the two of them so close by the whole time. So I think just people love that world and like what we were able to do with it. And, um, then the third thing is like the score and, you know, Dylan Baldessero, who I've been working with my entire career has never disappointed. He is just like, he's just a genius and he always brings it. And I think he did again. So that's the thing that just elevated the film so much. Sorry. That's my dog. I say Keep even, that. even the dog has feedback too. That's quite good. Can you translate what dog was saying about the family there? Or what? Uh, she's mostly worried about people eating her food and uh, people walking by their hallway eating her food. So that is, she's not a film. She's not a film buff. Really? She may get there. She may get there at some point. But I would, I would, I would recommend she watches the family. She might try and jump at the chickens, which is never good. Well, she was on set a little bit and she did try and jump at the chickens. So Oh, no. That's not good. <laughs> you can't have your uh, members of the cast being eaten by. No. <laughs> that's not good so what is the no. release the release schedule for the family obviously you mentioned you're doing a festival run at the minute i did see on imdb i think it was september this yeah, year it's it penciled in for penciled in for so you know we're obviously just kind of feeling out a run um we're doing a bunch of festivals here cinequest in the states uh, uh julian dubuque in the states 
Uh, we have a bunch lined up for June, which I don't think I can talk about just yet. So once that's kind of we're feeling that out, it does feel like it's going to be a fall and then worst case early next year release. But you're going to have to ask our uh, distributors for that. I'll just keep an eye on it. I tend to. And that's also what I love about Grimfest. One of many things they love me to do, the, you know, they let me do these things, which is fantastic. But they do sort of highlight films that aren't mainstream films. Obviously, any major film magazine we pick up, it's all franchise and comic books and the sure. indie stuff I've always been a fan of because you just see absolute gems that maybe don't get showcased in, you know, a, a multiplex in Manchester or London or something, but should. Yeah. No, it's it's the same here, honestly. Like, without festivals, you know, there's just so much content out there. It's hard to find. So, like, you just really trust these people to bring you, you know, as you said, gems that you might not see. So I love it, too. And, like, that's the best part about doing a festival run is, you know, we opened in uh, Busan last year. And just the quality of films, like, and it was literally because it's still kind of a COVID festival. So it was just directors that got to go. But I saw everybody's film and like they were all amazing. And I just don't think I'd ever get to see these films otherwise. So... It's always exciting. I mean, this sort of Grimfest started. I mean, Grimfest's been going for years, but they, they used to just be a in physical, you know, in person festival. And then over the past couple of years, they did a bunch of virtual festivals, and now they're opening back up to virtual and in person screenings. And I think the family will look fantastic on a huge screen. It's definitely made for a big screen, mm. and you know, anytime we send screeners to people, it's always my kind of little preamble of you know watch it in the dark and watching on a big screen because it, it's it's just meant for that and you know i obviously I, I love that you know streamers are great and the fact that like you can get so much to your home and i watch more movies than i ever have before but like i can't give up watching movies in a theater that's what i miss through the pandemic more than most things it's just sitting in a room where you have no distractions and just taking in something so i can't wait to get back to that i even for screeners and including yours headphones you know, not these headphones, but a bigger pair of headphones. Yeah. Cur- curtain shot, big screen, headphones. Everybody stay out of my room and yeah. then sit and watch. It's as close to you. Obviously, it's not at, it's not the cinema experience by any means, but it's closer than watching it on a laptop. Or I don't know how people can watch films on laptops. Just, no. just it's wrong. No, for sure. Uh, no, that's awesome. It's nice to hear. You know, this is why we we do it, right? So it's always nice when people take the the care to 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 get the best experience possible. So a couple of sort of final-ish questions. What was the first scene that you shot? Because that always makes me curious. Okay, so the first scene was, without giving anything away, um, the first time they have to run into the um, house to to stay safe. So the first time they're kind of under attack and they have to run down into the basement. Yeah, because this is... Because your film is in chapters, isn't it? And I think this was chapter two, wasn't it? But uh, if I recall that part right, you, you'll know that better. I'm the, I'm the okay. worst with details on things. Really? I put things okay. out and then I just try and move on from them. So probably that sounds right. I think it was the start of chapter two, so that's good. I think that was the first moment in the film where my brain went, ah, okay, right. And then you know I was in, but uh, yeah, I think I do know that particular scene. What was the final scene that you shot? Okay, so the final scene we shot was, um, I think the final scene was um, Abigail and Caleb in the basement. So our our final week was all the basement scenes, um, which ended up being, I think it's like a third of the movie, which we shot in one week. Um, it was the only week we did fully days 
So we, you know, seven to seven or something, which was so nice after doing nights. I'm not writing nights into a you're movie not, ever again. Are you not a fan of night shoots then? I'm not a fan of night shoots. I am not at my best at night shoots. I'm grumpy. I, uh, I, I need sleep. I've decided in my thirties that it's time for me to get <laughs> out of sleep. So yeah, the, the last major scene we, we, we shot was, uh, the two of them when they're kind of talking about the threshold and she's starting to question things. Um, but it was a great week because that was like the most intimate that, you know, the, all those scenes are so tiny and that was the most time I got to spend with the cast and, you know, we were kind of through the COVID scare. So not that we were like letting up on anything, but we just, like, it felt better. It was warmer that week. And we really like tackled a lot of these like emotional scenes, which like for my whole career, you know, I've built off of dramas and coming of age. And I think I snuck a lot of coming of age into this horror movie. So like, I just felt like really in my, in my pocket for that, that week. Now, what was the most fun shoot? In fact, I'll rephrase that question slightly. So in, in five years time, the family is, is out on whatever platforms it's out. You're sitting in, in your room there and you're thinking back, what is the most fun memory of the family that will probably pop into your mind, do you think? So um, we shot almost all of the dinner table scenes in one crazy night. It was like 11 scenes in one night, and it was really cold. It was cold. It was about as cold in the, the house as it was outside because there was no insulation. It was a fake house. And the vibe was so silly that whole day. You know, cast, losing it. Um, you know, Mercedes and Lisa, who is our props uh, master, she uh, they, they made this food for the cast and they were eating it all day. And I think one of them had this idea that the food shouldn't taste good because it wouldn't have tasted good. And they thought that'd be really, you know, great for the story, which I agree. And then hilarious for the cast to eat this like really bland food. And uh, I just that whole day was so silly. And there was this one scene where father comes in, he's chasing them he's chasing abigail out of the the house and we've we've rehearsed it we've done the things we're going to go we call action he runs in he's screaming after her and you know nigel he like turns it on he's just screaming after her and he was still wearing his mask and everybody just lost it so that that was a really really good day um and i will just say like the first day walking onto set because you know i've done a lot of indie films this one had a bit of a budget to it and just to walk on set and see these 80-foot cranes lighting up an entire field and seeing base camp and seeing our COVID check-in and seeing pylons. And, like, I didn't do any of that. I just showed up to set. So that was a really gratifying moment for me because I really felt like I kind of made it at that moment. So just, like, the when everybody does a lot of work and it all comes together for something you wrote down once, mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool feeling. So I think I'll, I'll remember that forever. And I think after, you know, that time you were shooting it, six months after the world collapsed and it was like, what are we going to be on the set again? This is crazy. So it was that, a, it was that a, must have been really good to be back, see the cranes, yeah. see the cast and crew. It was a crazy year for me too. Like that year with COVID and everything. And I was going through a pretty big health scare. So I didn't think I was actually going to get to direct it. I was dealing with uh, end stage kidney disease at the time. So like, I really had a whole bunch of doctors get together and make sure I could make it through this film. And then saying the crew is like really making sure I didn't have to lift anything. Cause I just literally couldn't. So like a lot of stuff came together for that to happen. And I'm so pretty thankful that it did for a lot of reasons. So mm. yeah, happy, happy it did. I'm I'm happy it did too because it's it was an absolute joy to sit down and watch. Uh, I, it, it looked like a very cold, a very sort of muddy type 
film, but I'm sure I've been on the sets of, of horror psychological thrillers quite a few times, and the atmosphere is pure fun. It's so different than it is when the cameras are rolling. So it sounds like it was a similar experience, you know, on, yeah, we, on set the family. Yeah, we just overall just had the best cast, best crew. Like everybody was just really positive and they really put in, like we didn't have enough people to do what we did, you know, like Sheldon, our gaffer literally was running all the cranes at some point because we had no one else to drive them because, you know, if someone was a little sick, we, they didn't come in, you know, so we lost people a lot. You know, I, 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 it was a lot of fun at times and a lot of work at times and like people put in the work because, yeah, it, it rained almost every day, which is awesome for the look but mm. you know pretty pretty muddy and slow moving when you're doing it so we we wouldn't have gotten through with the crew we had like they were just all rock stars and they delivered and what was the sort of time scale for the product you know for filming itself uh we did 20 days um which was you know with our budget i know a lot of people try and push for 15 i just we couldn't have done it um so 20 was the the absolute minimum and even that was, you know, we shot a lot of scenes in 45 minutes at the end of days, you know. So um, it was about 20 days and then about four months of post, um, which, you know, Sydney was our editor and we had Art JL as the colorist and Dane doing uh, sound. And yeah, we did all virtually, all post. So I didn't see any of them. I went in for our final sound mix and, you know, double masked. And that was the first person I'd seen in four months. It's been it's a it's definitely been a weird couple of years, hasn't it? Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> it really has. I remember people sort of saying, "Oh, it's been a weird year. Can't wait till next year." And it's like here we are, over two years of it now. But d- things do seem to be getting a little bit easier with certain yeah. aspects. But uh, yeah, I'm not, everybody I'm not, says that very apprehensively. <laughs> Just yeah. knocking all the wood. I think we're okay. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Well, here in the UK, our Prime Minister, who I'm not going to start commenting about because he's an idiot, but he's just like, oh, it's all over, it's done. I'm like, is it really, though? Is it? So, you know, that, yeah, hence my apprehension. It's like, he may say it's over, but I know it's not. So, yeah, we're so. in the, the kind of same boat in that, you know, people are people are tired of it and we're mm-hmm. running a huge experiment to see what happens and we're going to find out in a couple months. And I'm really hoping for it to, you know, all work out. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I can't wait to go back to actual Grimfest events where I can attend. So uh, I'm looking forward to those. But I'm going to be keeping an eye on the family. I'll be keeping an eye on on your career, not in a weird, stalky way, just a general film <laughs> fan way. Um, but no, I want to thank you and the cast and the crew for making the film because I did have an absolute blast watching it this morning. So, so. Cool. I, I really appreciate that. And if people want to find out when it's releasing, we'll we'll end up posting about it on the Family West film or Instagram at underscore the family film. So they, you can keep up and it will come out and it most likely will be this year and it'll maybe be next year. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to it and, uh, and enjoy the rest of your day, Dan. Yeah, thank okay, you so much. So it's so go. nice speaking with you. You too. Take care. Have fun. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.